The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. We're also brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a free-to-play app that lets you bet on all your favorite NFL player props for a chance to win awesome prizes. Download the app today over at betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. That's betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. We're also brought to you by SoBet. Sign up to bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at SoBet.io slash SGPN. That's SoBet.io slash SGPN. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app, home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Yes, sir. Welcome into the NBA Gambling Podcast, Thursday, January 13th. My name is Terrell Furman Jr. And I'm I'm in the driver's seat today. It's no moon off on this show. This is this uh no moon off on the Thursday show. So I'm in the driver's seat. I'm running things. And man, look, I got my brother from another color. I'm talking about the man who's who's uh comedy and his uh you know, like funny and all this type of stuff. It's a, he's got a different type of humor and it's absolutely hilarious. They've given us about two different shows together before. And now that we're taking over Thursdays, uh, we might be out of a job by the time the season's over. Just letting you know, Scott, Scott Reichel. What's up, man? Uh, it's going pretty well. I'm happy to be here with you. It's actually weird because I'm used to being on the show with you either for the fantasy football podcast or anything like yep. that. I've actually yet to see Villain Real in person, and I'm kind of oh, yeah. curious how this is going to go. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. I know you've Villain, been killing hey, look, it. Hey, look, Villain Real is, is dangerous. Villain Real is dangerous when the season is going on, and especially when people get on his ass. So it, it, it's a hell of a time. I mean, you were so – Villain Real so crazy, you actually backed the Pistons in a game earlier this week, and that worked out pretty well. So yep. I know you've been killing it. So <laughs> hopefully, you know, we pick out some winners today. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So we got a good show for y'all. We're going to break down the Eastern Conference win totals, uh, how they were in the beginning of the season and what they're looking like afterwards and in middle of the season. So we got updated win totals from the books and we're just going to talk about them, see how they look, break down some teams. And that's what's going to happen over the next couple of weeks. So this week we have the Southeast division in in the Eastern Conference Right now, leading that division is the Miami Heat at 26 and 15. Uh, what's that? Yeah, 26 and 15. They had a preseason win total of, hold on, I just had it here. And it flew away on me. So the Heat were actually one of the teams that I was high on in the preseason. They had a preseason win total of over 48 and a half wins. And they're currently sitting at, on DraftKings, they are sitting at Heat. about 50 and a half. Yeah, about 50 and a half. So a uh, little bit of juice lane, minus 130 on that 50 and a half. Like I said, I was, 
I was high on the heat this season. I thought that actually in our sharp off that I did with moon off and we had that million dollars to spend, I think I spent about $75,000 on it and just a little play bet and betting the heat to be the one seat in the Eastern conference. Cause I thought that this team would be that good when healthy and they have everybody there. They have bam out of bio. They have Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, Victor Oladipo, who we haven't seen this season yet. When he comes back, he's going to contribute and, you know, add in guys that come in and play their role like Tyler hero and Duncan Robinson. This, this roster is stacked and they have a great head coach with Eric Spolster that I had very high expectations for him. And they're not necessarily letting me down just yet. They're third seed in the Eastern conference right now, but they, uh, I think that they could be doing a lot more and it's just because that they've had so many injuries and the fact that they're still the three C with all the injuries they've had this season is uh, a testament to how good of a coach Eric Spoelstra is and just how good that team is overall. So what do you, what do you feel about this 50 and a half? What do you think about the heat this far in the first half of the season? I think I have to like the over because of all the reasons you just mentioned. The point is they're right now the three seed in the East and you're looking at Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler, and they've both missed basically a month. And yet, it hasn't really mattered. Miami finds ways to win games anyway. I know for Coach of the Year, you're going to have the same usual five guys that have been listed the entire time. Now you could add yeah. Taylor Jenkins into that list because Memphis has been so good. Spolster's going to get no recognition. Well. Yeah, Bickerstaff mm-hmm. as well. Of course, you have Kerr and Monty Williams. They're both going to win 58, 60-plus games. And you can yeah. really go down the line. Billy Donovan as well. But yeah. Spolstra is going to get no recognition at all I haven't heard his name pretty much at all in the coach of the year discussion mm-hmm. he's done such an insane job and I feel like he's going to be one of those guys who might even finish in sixth place in the award race but he'd be yeah. a finalist <laughs> in any given year he's done that well of a job but I really have to like this Miami team because with or without their star players they've continued to produce and they've even found mm-hmm. some diamonds in the rough they found Yurt seven who's been really good as a fill-in center you go look at yeah. the yeah he's been solid, but you look at the actual team. Hero's been really good, which is why he's the clear favorite to win sixth man of the year. He's been the favorite mm-hmm. since basically the second week of the season, and he almost had a triple double last night. But I like the Heat. I don't really know what's not to like. They play good defense. They have an identity, which I think is very important. And I do think that with the certain swagger about them, bringing PJ Tucker, bringing in some guys who have a ton of toughness with them, they're not going to back down from anybody. So I do think that when push comes to shove, you know that in these big games, they're not going to no-show. They're going to show up, play hard every single time. And usually that's a good recipe for an over for a win total. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And the I, I forgot to even think about Tyler Hero as sixth man of the year. That, that was a good point. But I feel like Eric Spoelstra is kind of like the LeBron of the coach of the year. Like, it's just LeBron doesn't get MVP nods majority of the time as he probably should. It's just because we known him to be so good. Like, we just known him to be really, really good. And he's basically should be in the conversation every year. And it wasn't until, what was it, last year, maybe the year before, that he was actually in the final, like, voting, that he was actually made it to the final voting. But most of the time it's just like, oh, LeBron's good, but he's always good. It don't matter. We don't really care about that. I think it was and the so, bubble. I think it was the bubble year because he was getting yeah the bubble year. That was when was Giannis. Trying, it looked like he was going to win because it's, so if they kept getting, going, yeah, and then the season if they got had cut kept short. going with the season. Yeah. yeah, if they had kept going with the season, he would have won because Giannis would have missed too many games by that point because yeah. Giannis was out with a knee injury and it was expected to miss like still like two or three more weeks 
And the thought was that LeBron was going to surpass him in those two, three weeks. So uh, Eric Spolstra kind of has that same kind of syndrome of we just know him to be a really good coach. Like he is always a really good coach. And so it's hard to quantify that in the coach of the year. It's like Bill Belichick not winning coach of the year every year Mm -hmm. in the NFL. Like we know Bill Belichick is one of the best coaches in the NFL, but he's just not going to get it every year. It's it's a it's different uh, levels and different things that you got to hit each season for you to get that coach of the year nod. And it's got you got to see progression. It's like if you're always good, you don't see the progression that's going on. So, um, yeah, that's the Miami Heat. I still think I think there's going to be they're going to finish one of the top three seeds. I'm, I still got some hope for my one seed. A little bit of hope for that one seed, especially if Bam comes back healthy, if Victor Oladipo comes back healthy and fits into that lineup. Do you have faith in Oladipo actually coming back? I do. It's just wishful thinking. Well, oh, wishful thinking that he comes back. I have faith that he'll be good when he comes back, but it's very wishful thinking that he comes back. I I don't know what's going on with him, honestly. I I don't know if he's going to come back or not. I would like to think he is because this is like his chance to kind of get his name back out there on a really, really good team and to take over – uh, a scoring element that they really, really want because Kyle Lowry doesn't want to be that scorer. We know Jimmy Butler can go and get his own shot and set other people up. And we know Tyler Hero can, you know, go get his own shot and help set other people up. But I feel like they want that one other guy that can just go get their own bucket. He doesn't need anybody to get him right. Like Bam does it a little bit, but, you know, ultimately people get Bam to his spot. You know, Duncan Robinson has to get be put in his spot. So, I think that he'll be really, really good, and he'll take that team to the next level, and he'll improve his stock in free agency. But I just don't know what's going on health-wise, like if he's going to make it. It just doesn't look good. Yeah, that's the point, is that I agree that Oladipo, who I really liked coming out of Indiana when he was first coming into the NBA, and of course yeah. he had that insane run there with the Pacers, then he kind of jumped around, was on the Thunder, yeah. et cetera. I like him as a player. I like his skill set, but at some point, when you're not on the court for so long, you have to wonder if even if he comes back, if he can actually stay healthy for mm-hmm. even a quarter of the season. And mm-hmm. because the jury's still out on that, I agree that he'll be a boost if he's able to actually stay healthy. I don't want to say it's a lost cause, but let's just say I'm very skeptical on the prospect yeah. of him being able to stay healthy for a full season. And I think it was last year where he came back for a couple of games. He came like back five. for a couple of games, yeah, and then he was back out again for yeah. the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, definitely still out on what Oladipo is going to look like when he gets back. But I think we both know that full strength, this team can compete with anybody, anybody yeah. in the league. And for the division, I'm picking them to win the division. It's, yeah. I really can't pick anybody else. When you're missing that many guys and you're still in first place and the guys are supposed to come back within the next, I'd say, maybe potentially week, two weeks and change. I have to pick you to win the division. Yeah. I, and, you know, the threat to them not winning the division and a team that I think that could sneakily get up there, and it's crazy you say sneaky because they're the second-place team in the conference, in the division, but the Charlotte Hornets sitting there at 23-19, and 19, seventh place in the Eastern Conference. I think, I think that they're going to make some noise in the second half of the season uh, over – the win total in the preseason was over 38 and a half, and now they are sitting at uh, over 44 and a half. So now they, they've jumped up eight spots in their win total because of their play in the first half of the season. And I think it ultimately comes down to this team is, is young and good. Like, there's, they're not one of those young teams that are struggling and got to find themselves and, 
you know, like the Orlando Magic that we're going to talk about later. Like, this is one – they're one of the young, good teams. The Magic are trying to find themselves? (laughs) Something like that. (laughs) But uh, they're like one of the good teams like Memphis. Memphis is a good young team that's founded, and they're in stride. And I think that the Charlotte Hornets can get in stride later on in the season. Um, You got LaMelo Ball there. Miles Bridges, who is playing like he wants the most improved player of the year. And then I think the one of the big highlights for them is coming off the bench is Kelly Oubre, where everybody written wrote Kelly Oubre off after his performance with the Warriors. And I think it was at one point where we were counting the amount of missed three-pointers he had until he finally made one. And so uh, Kelly Oubre came over to Charlotte and has been balling, and he just proved that, you know, sometimes players and coaches and systems don't work. Like, you can be a good player. You can be a good coach, and that's what he was. You had a good coach in Steve Curry, and he is a good player, but sometimes systems like that do not work, and he just did not work in that Warriors system, whereas he's coming back over and he's getting a fresh new start in Charlotte in a system that he can really mold with and he really can play in, and now he's playing well. He, he's, he's dropped multiple 20-point games off the bench, and he's been a spark for them when they had half the team out for COVID, so – uh, Gordon Hayward's still there playing well. This team is struggling defensively. We will say that. Uh, the over has been automatic for them in the half, first half of the season. But they look good, and they can score the basketball, and they're fun to watch. And I just – if the Miami Heat can't get, injury, can't get injuries under control and keep missing people and missing games over the rest of, that, rest of this season, it wouldn't shock me if they leap them. They're only three and a half games back. I can say that it wouldn't be that shocking. You mentioned the defense to go through the numbers there. Charlotte ranks 26th in defensive efficiency. So they're bottom five in defense. But luckily for them, they're top five in offense. They kind of balance it out (laughs) that way. But you mentioned some of the guys there. I got to mention Terry Rozier, who I've always been a fan of, and he's Mm -hmm. played really well uh, lately, especially. Uh, Played 41 minutes last night against the Sixers. Nice win there on the road. Scored 22 points. Yeah, absolutely. I think the one or the two issues that I have with the Hornets right now, the fact that, one, I can't trust Gordon Hayward to stay healthy, and I know Hayward Mm -hmm. isn't the number one option on this team, but when you're paying him that much money and you have to wonder if he's going to be available for the entire season, which he probably won't be, I do have some question marks there. But the one thing they have to do at the trade deadline or before that, they got to trade for a center. No offense to Mason Plumlee, but you got to do something. He's because a- you can't go against Bam trying to compete for a division title and just have Bam absolutely cook Mason Plumley on a regular basis. You need somebody at least with, a, would say, more strength on the inside. Plumley is a decent bench big man. He played starter for Detroit a couple years ago just because Detroit's awful. Good. That doesn't really count. Yeah, I mean, that's not, that's one of us could probably start for Detroit. But anyway, <laughs> I'm looking at a situation where Charlotte – I'm trying to think of the big men that are available – but they need somebody. Miles Turner. That's a potential option there if Indiana decides to blow it up. But they need somebody on the inside who is actually able to contain opposing big men. I know the Hornets won yesterday, and B dropped 30 again. You're looking at his numbers against Charlotte. He walks into basically 34 points every time they play. That's not going to be able to fly if they want to actually make a potentially deep run in the playoffs. Absolutely. Charlotte gives up the most points to centers in the league. What they're, I think they're bottom three, if not the most, but yeah. they're, they're really, really bad. And partial, partially of that is that Mason Plumlee was even out for majority of the year. Mm-hmm. So uh, 
it's it's like first of all he's not even that good when he's there and then they didn't even have a center for majority of the year they're just kind of playing a whole bunch of forwards at that spot and just kind of letting that person letting a big get whatever they want on that's what they got their their late lineup is pj washington at the center and i know pj washington is an i'd say an okay player i think he's fine he's not exactly known for his rim presence when it comes to defense. no not at all no, no, not at all. And that's going to that's really what it's going to be. But uh one of my favorite bets this so far in the season has been Charlotte Hornets in the third quarter. They rival the go- only the Golden State Warriors in the third quarter with their effectiveness when they come out of halftime and that's been one of my favorite even more I like that bet more than the over cuz I just can't think of the last time I bet a Charlotte third quarter and they haven't won. So um that's just something to look forward to going into the future. But Moving on from the Charlotte Hornets, shout out to shout out to Charlotte too. I love that city. That that that's that's my that's my adopted city. I love Charlotte. Uh, moving on to the next team in this division, we have a team that I was fading, complete faded in the beginning of the year, and they made me eat shit in the early part of the year. Is the Washington Wizards at twenty two and twenty four and a half games back from the lead? They had a preseason win total of. Over 33 and a half. <laughs> Over 33 and a half was their 33 and a half was their preseason win total, and they have 20 wins right now, halfway into the season. That is ridiculous. You're not screwed though. You got a shot at it if they completely fall apart. Yeah. Oh, oh, absolutely. And I wouldn't put it past them at all. So now they have so and what's really crazy about this is that Kuzma. they had a preseason. Yeah, yeah, no, Kuzma is balling. And I'll, wait till I, I'll talk about him in a second. But they – so they had a preseason win total of over 33 and a half. Uh, 33.5. Now their win total is 40.5. I feel like that's not a lot. I feel like they're, they're basically betting on them folding in the later half of the season. I just feel like this win total should be a little bit more. Seven games. I mean, yeah, that's, that's significant, but – for the start that this team had, and yes, they have fallen off, and I'm sure that this number was higher at one point, and it kind of dropped off in recent weeks as they struggle on the road and winning games on the road. But Bradley Beal, while he is not playing like the score that he was last year, he has so many other options that could score the basketball, and that's going over. Like Spencer Dinwiddie coming in was great, a great ad for them. Kyle Kuzma coming over in that Lakers trade has been big, a straight rebound machine for them. Goes out, can give them, gave him 20 and 20 the other night. Like, there's not a lot of people that do that, but he gave him 20 and 20 the other night. Uh, Montrez Harrell has been a great presence um, coming off the bench for them. And so, where what I talked about early in the season when I was talking about them and I broke down his win total, I said that this team felt like a bunch of guys that just got together for a pickup basketball game. That's really what it felt like. It felt like a bunch of guys that just got together for a pickup basketball game. And I was fading that over the course of a whole season that they were going to keep it together. I felt like there was going to be a lot of spurts where they just were not good. They just weren't playing good basketball. They didn't know each other. They just kind of get in there and just kind of figuring out for a season. Wow, well, they, they proved me wrong early in the first half. Well, first of all, address the win total point that you made. I agree that at first glance, it seems like this win total is a bit disrespectful. Because people keep talking about how good the Wizards have been this season, and yet you're daring the Wizards to just repeat that pace in the second half. That's basically what this win total is. They just have to win 19 games. Correct. So that's what I'm saying. So the fact that this win total is at 40 and a half is basically telling you the the sports books are skeptical of Washington's ability to duplicate their first half performance in the second half. So 
I like the under on this current number. I think 40 and a half is too high. I think they'll finish somewhere in the high 30s. So they'll find a middle between the 33 and a half and the 40 and a half. I think they'll finish with like 37 wins or so. But I know go, I went, actually went through this division with Munaf before the season actually started. And mm-hmm. I actually like Washington over. I was actually on the over bandwagon for Washington solely because I agree with your point that it did seem like it was arranged at the last minute and seemed like a pickup basketball team. But I looked at the actual talent on the roster, and I was impressed by the bench. They had about eight guys who I looked at and said, you guys can actually play on most rosters. And I thought that the depth would be a key piece for this team. I had some question marks about Avdia. I wasn't sure what to expect from Kispert. Kispert's been a non-factor for the most part. Avdia's been okay. But Mm -hmm. I liked Dimwitty as a player. As a Nets fan, I watched him play a lot. I thought he was solid. Kuzma, I thought, would play better. I I wasn't sure what to think of Caldwell Pope. I was never really a fan of him with the Lakers. He's actually been pretty good. <laughs> he's, just, he, he's streaky. He's, he's, he's a very streaky guy. Yeah, but as a 3 and D guy, he's actually been okay. I like yeah. Gafford a lot at center. I, th- I think that Harrell's very good off the bench. I thought that this team had enough talent, quote-unquote, to finish with about 35 wins. And that's why I looked at the over. Mm-hmm. Nothing's really changed for me. They got off to a hot start. Now Beal's in COVID protocol. They won again last night anyway. But I yeah. do think this Man, team... It was the Thunder. Yeah, well, I, yes, that still oh, no, counts. Magic. It was the Magic. They beat, they beat the, the Thunder the day before without Beal. Yeah. And then they yeah. ended up beating and the Magic the... last night. So, you know, it's better than beating nobody, I guess. But still, <laughs> I do think that the Wizards will look worse in the second half. Yeah. But I do think that they will go over the preseason win total and under the live win season total. Because I do agree with you. This number yeah. seems a bit low for seems a bit low right now based on the live number. I uh-huh. think it's low for a reason. It looks like a trap line to me. I'm yeah. going to take the live under. Okay. All right. Yeah, I like that. Um, I'll take the under because I'm just – I mean, I'm holding out hope. I've seen – look, I'm from 757 Virginia. I've seen a lot of Wizards basketball. The Wizards can fold this away. Like, they, can, they, they have a pretty solid seed. They're ninth right now. They're in the playing game. I can absolutely see them fold this away. And I like the coach, can, though. You a fan of Unsold? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think he's doing. I think he's doing well. I think he's really doing well. Like and getting them together. That I will say, I underestimated him in that spot. In that note, I didn't think that he would get them to get off in a hot start. They did. Now it's just, can he keep it going for the rest of the season? Mm-hmm. I agree. But however, I do think teams are on the come up, and this next team is one of the ones that I think is definitely on the come up. And they also just had some live breaking news, so you'll you'll be able to tell when we record this podcast because they just had some live breaking news that I'll talk about as well. But the Atlanta Hawks sitting at 17 and 23, which is weird for what the expectations we had of them for the rest of the season. And when we talk about the sharp off and the teams that I put to win the Eastern Conference, I put a play here on the Hawks to win the Eastern Conference as well because I thought that they, they could have that type of season. I thought they were talented and could have that type of season, but it's not looking like it so far. They had a preseason win total of 47 and a half, and now – they're, they're at the live number of – where'd it go? Where do I have them? Oh, 40 and a half. So now they're, they're at 40 and a half. So drop seven games. They're 17 and 23 right now. But in Hawks fashion, I feel like this is low. It, it just feels like the Hawks – they did this last year. Like this happened last year before the, when they fired um, Lloyd Pierce. They, they were one of the last, last place teams in the East. And they went, they got Nate McMillan in there, and then they went on a run and made a playoffs as a five seed. Or as a four, yeah, five seed. 
So I think Atlanta has a lot of basketball still to be played. I think COVID really, really hurt them early on in the season. Like it really, really hurt them and just kind of, uh, they just didn't, pro- they just didn't get to where we expected them to be. But I think that this run they're about to go on now that they're about to come back home for a few, a few games. I know they just lost to the uh, heat last night. They're about to go to Miami and place a game over there, but, Now I feel like is the time where they're about to go on this run leading into and coming out of All-Star, especially if Trey Young gets snubbed for another All-Star. If Trey Young gets snubbed for All-Star this year, I I would put a bet in on the Hawks because I think he's going to carry them the rest of the season. I think that's something that motivates him, getting snubbed from that All-Star last year, even though he was easily one of the top guards in the league um, in the Eastern Conference at that point in time. Yeah, I I agree with that last point, but – I do have to talk a lot about the Hawks because you can talk about the most disappointing teams in the league. People automatically say the Lakers because they had the expectations of winning a championship, even though they're pretty much an old age home at this point, no offense. But I'm still looking at the actual standings in both conferences. The most disappointing team in the league is Atlanta, and it's not even close because at least the Lakers right now are in the playoffs, and at least they're still making it the postseason play. <laughs> Atlanta's not even close. Like, this team is in the bottom, bottom of the Eastern Conference. And you mentioned how last year they went on a run once they fired Lloyd Pierce and they ended up bringing McMillan. I had a hot take when it came to the Hawks going into this podcast, and that last point got hit the nail on the head. Didn't they fire McMillan? I... I got to bring it up. Yeah, so I think it's a... I think COVID did did steal some things from them, but they were already looking bad before that. I don't know if they fire McMillan, I would have to see, I would, it would have to happen after the season for me to be able to justify it. I don't think you jump the gun this soon, especially because effectively he was part, part of the reason that they made that run in the playoffs. Like we can't remember this team was in the Eastern conference finals last year. Oh, he was, he was the reason, but what I'm saying yeah. is if the logic there is last year, we were awful we switch coaches, and suddenly we figured it out. I am curious if Atlanta tries to repeat history by yeah, switching coaches who, again and hoping it jumpstart something. But last year you had Lloyd Pierce and you had McMillan sitting after him. Who do you have sitting after McMillan that's going to give you more than what McMillan's giving you now? And that's, that's a great question. Think. You'd have to find somebody else you actually like. I'm just mentioning the idea that we know the players – coaches coach and players play. It's a classic cliche. Yeah. We know as bad as a team plays – they will always blame the coach first because they're paying the players too much money. They just can't afford to fully blame the players. Paying Collins all that money looks like a disaster right now. You can look (laughs) at Trey Young as an all-star point guard who I think is very entertaining. He's Mm -hmm. one of the worst defensive players in the entire league. Oh, absolutely. And every time he ends up dropping 30 and 15, he gives up about 40 to 50 points on the other end via pick and rolls. So I really don't think that as a net positive, he provides much. The perfect example is the game against Portland. They scored mm-hmm. 131 points. Trey Young had a 56 and 14. Yeah. <laughs> and they lost anyway because Simons drops 43. Yeah. Like Trey Young can't guard anybody. So I do think that's the yeah. concern. I think the most important piece for this Atlanta team is DeAndre Hunter. Because Hunter is one of the only guys on the actual roster who actually takes pride in playing defense. Capella, we knew as being a very solid rim protector throughout most of his career. You look at the efficiency numbers on defense when Capella's on the floor, they're disastrous. 
They're an oh. awful defensive team when Capella's on the floor, and I don't know why. I'm assuming it's mostly mm-hmm. pick-and-pop game because he's too slow to actually get out on the three-point line. But when you bring in a rim protector who you're paying some money, who's supposed to be really good, and yet your defense is awful when he's on the court, I do think it's pretty telling. And I mentioned how Charlotte is very good at offense, very bad at defense. Atlanta is the polar example of that. They're third in offensive efficiency. They're Mm -hmm. third to last in defensive efficiency. So every game they play is an over, if you want to bet Mm -hmm. it. Doesn't matter what the total is, just bet the over. But I do have to point out that defensively, either it's a scheme or it's personnel. I think it's personnel because McMillan's teams used to be very good at defense on Indiana. But this team right now, with the money they're paying Collins and everything like that, I don't blame them for investing after last year, but it has aged horribly. Yeah, and so is they need they need to make some personnel moves. Yeah. They need to make some personnel moves, and that leads me into the point. News just broke. The Atlanta Hawks trade forward Cam Reddish to the New York Knicks in a deal including Kevin Knox and a protected 2021 first round 2022 a protected 2022 first round pick. Can you draft in the middle of the season cuz they they might not, they might need that extra player. <laughs> yeah, they might need to just go pick somebody up from college right now and play him right now. So they just got uh, worse, right? Uh, Reddish is a guy who I think is a ball hog. He really doesn't pass the ball that much, but he's got a lot of offensive yeah. talent. Kevin yeah. Knox we know is a bust. He hasn't done anything his entire NBA career. But at least Reddish would give you a spark off the bench. When it came to scoring, he didn't really need the spark off the bench, but you still had it. So I get they made the trade. I'm sure Reddish wasn't happy about his role because he wants to cook all the time and there's not enough spots in him on the roster to actually cook. But I really don't know how that trade changes anything besides trying to fix some chemistry because one player is not happy about his role. It seems like that's the only purpose of the trade. Yeah. Yeah, I think that... uh... I think that it, it definitely benefited the Knicks. This was yeah. so, you know, it was I made sure to throw that in there. Definitely benefited the New York Knicks. Um and it just kind of tells me that, well, for one, that they see that they're trying to get this was talked about before the season, that Cam Reddish was a piece that they were talking about moving. And I think that they needed him to showcase him more because we didn't get to see too much of Cam Reddish being Cam Reddish until early part of this season, especially when players went out with COVID. And it also tells me that they're committed to DeAndre Hunter. And DeAndre Hunter is going to – when he comes back, he would take all of those minutes. And so that's why I wanted to point this out because DeAndre Hunter, yes, he was starting in there, but he was, you know, coming out of the bench. I think he was getting around uh, somewhere north of 20 minutes. No, it feels like DeAndre Hunter, when he comes back, he's going to be getting 30-plus minutes a night. Well, he better because, as I said before, he's the only guy on the team who actually takes pride in playing defense. Akungu yeah, so. does a little bit, but mm-hmm. of course, as a center, you kind of have to have some form of rim protection to some degree because you're seven feet tall. But mm-hmm. on the perimeter, nobody on the Hawks can really guard anybody. Herter tries. He's not very good at it, but he tries to guard anybody. We know Gallinari's never going to guard anybody. Trey Young's no. not going to guard anybody. And you could just go down the line. They really don't have many guys. So I don't think Lou Williams is your defensive stopper off the bench. That's all I'm mm-hmm. trying to say. Which is crazy because the playoff run last year, they, they played good defense. Yeah. They played good defense in the playoff run. So maybe they just do it when it matters. But they got to pick it up if they're going to do anything for the rest of the season. Uh, just talk about the win total real quick before we get up out of here. 
uh, it, it's so hard to, to back the over at 40 and a half. They're so talented. Going- That's the problem. Is yeah. that you're looking at them the same number as the Wizards. The Wizards have such a head start over them. But you're looking yeah. at the talent disparity. You said you think that Trey might lead the team to a win. The truth is every year, whether it's the NBA or whether it's even the NFL or even hockey, you have a team that was really good last year that for whatever reason falls apart. And we saw yeah. it this year in the NFL. The Ravens were supposed to be really good. They had a bunch of injuries, so you can give them an excuse. You have the Saints, for example, a team that made the playoffs last year and then didn't make it. You never have the same 16 teams or now with the play-in games, you have more teams in. You always have a couple that were in and then were out the year after for whatever reason. The Hawks mm-hmm. are really looking like one of those teams where whatever they've tried this season – just hasn't worked and it seems like it might just not be in the cards yeah absolutely i feel it all right let's move on to the last team in this division we have the orlando magic uh this might be one of my this might be one of my worst takes (laughs) thus far in the season but so the orlando magic came into the season with a win total of 22 and a half and is that three seasons combined (laughs) <laughs> hey, I, I wish it was. I might I might actually cash that bet then. So they came in with a win total of 22 and a half. They are currently sitting at 7 and 35. 19, game, 19 and a half games back of first place in their division. Uh, I think that is safe to say they're not going to get that. They're still ahead of the Pistons, right? So they're not even the first pick in the draft projected? Of course, you do the lottery and all, but I know they're bottom three. Yeah. So that's all that matters. No, no. Actually, the Pistons are ahead of them. The Pistons, Pistons are, are ahead of them. Okay. Yeah, they're nine and one. They're actually good for the, the Pistons. They actually have the Good worst for the Pistons. Record in the league. Yeah. Okay. Cool. They have the worst record in the league. So, uh, oh man, I just lost it. All right. So we have the now they're sitting at for a win total. I know it's nothing big. Just take a guess of what you even think it is. If I had to guess, I would say seventeen and a half. Nineteen and a half. Okay. Nineteen and a half. So I guess that means you're on the under. <laughs> I kind of have juice, to be, right? I mean, But the juice is to the over. So the over is at minus 130. Under is at plus 100. So you're getting plus money on the under right now. They're hoping Cole Anthony stays healthy because they have looked significantly better when he's been on the court. The issue is Absolutely. he's been injured his entire career. Do I think he's going to stay healthy for the rest of the season? The answer is no. Yeah. I think he's going to get injured again. No offense to him. I think he's got talent. But the supporting cast is tricky because I, like I, it. I have to give – the draft class grade that they just had a decent mark. I haven't seen Jalen Suggs play that much. He's been injured. He had the hand issue, the finger issue. You know, he hasn't yeah. played. I was wrong about Wagner. Guy can play. No, I thought that he was. A, I thought he was going to be a bad I was pick. Huge on. He's good. I was huge on he's him. Good. I was huge on him going in because I, I watched a lot of Michigan basketball. Uh, just somehow stealing, like just going into the Big Ten in a deep dive in the Big Ten. Watch a lot of Michigan basketball, and I loved him because. He was so long, and he could he could guard one through five. He wasn't as athletic. One, he's he as more athletic it. than I thought he was going to be. Yes, he can guard one through five, like effectively guard one through five. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't get the nod for that a lot of the time because it just doesn't look the prettiest. He doesn't get all of the numbers, but he plays effective defense. And then he can step outside and shoot the outside three, and he doesn't do that enough for the match. I thought that they would, you know, sit him on the three-point line a little bit more and let him be – kind of a sharpshooter, but he can also cut to the basket and score. So he's mm-hmm. really, really good. And he made a case for rookie of the year 
during that spell of COVID that they had, and they had everybody out for weeks. And it just felt like as soon as somebody came back, other people were gone. And so he was the guy for, for a little while. And he made a case for rookie of the year during that span with his play. So I really, I really, really like him. And I really, really do like the pieces around him. Like I think Gary Harris was a great piece that they got from the magic and he's, you know, more veteran on that team and plays defense, can score the basketball, can be an option if they need him to be at some point in time. But I think the big thing for them was the, the production that they're getting out of window Carter jr. And I know he's out right now, but when he was in, and he was next to Mo Bamba. He was playing really well. And I think that that, Char- that, not Charlotte, that Chicago Bulls deal of Vucevic going there and them getting Wendell Carter, I think that was just folk. Everybody was like, oh, Vucevic is going there. That's really, really good. They got that. No, they got something back in Wendell Carter. And I'm looking forward to see him play more the rest of the season when he gets fully healthy. I got to ask, though, about one guy, though, because you mentioned him next to another player. Are you a Bamba guy? So I think he's playing well this season. I think I think that in the issue that we have with centers and when they get into the league is because typically because we, one we don't have many centers that come into the league through the draft. Like that's just what it is. Like through the draft as one of the top picks, we do not have a a bunch of centers come through there. And if they do, they normally don't look well. Like you think uh, Marvin Bagley and how I think of the term now. forward now because people don't like yeah. to fully classify them as a center. Yeah, yeah, no, these guys are centers. Like yeah, they are. are they're the seven feet tall. So, they're centers, but. But DeAndre Ayton is the best comp that I could have. So DeAndre Ayton did not – we did not think DeAndre Ayton was worth his draft stock when he got drafted. When he got drafted, we didn't think he was worth the number overall pick. And throughout the majority of his career thus far, we did not think he was worth it. But, however, as time goes on with centers, as they get to develop, they learn NBA basketball, then they play a lot better. It takes time for these guys to develop. I think that Evan Mobley is just a freak of nature and somebody that is absolutely out of this world. And he came into the league and he's ready to ball right now through that position. And he Mm -hmm. still has things to work on in his game of being a true center. He just can score the basketball like hell. Whereas James Wiseman is another uh, point where they were like, oh, should they have went and got LaMelo ball? No, James Wiseman is great for that system. It's just centers take a little bit more time to develop to get to their full peak. And I think that's what happened with Mo Bamba. And I think he's, a, he's finally getting to that level. Like, I think he's finally getting to there. He's going to go nowhere but up from here. Well, clearly the front office agrees with you because looking at the actual news from Orlando earlier this week, it might be the first time I've ever seen that a team with seven wins and 30-plus losses extended the contracts of their president and their GM. I don't know if I've ever seen a team with that bad of a record do that, <laughs> yeah. but it means they clearly like what they've done with the drafting. I can't blame them. I do think that the team is young, but has some promise for the future. It's going to take a while. They're not going to be very good, but you're talking about the win total, and the main reason why this number seems a bit high is because they missed a bunch of guys, and they're hoping with a healthier roster, this team is going to look better. I have questions about Cole yep. Anthony's health, so I have to lean under mm-hmm. in general. Plus... You have to look at Terrence Ross and some of these other guys. You're telling me they're not going to trade any of them to contenders who are trying to boost their team? Of course they're going to dump Ross half on the roster. Terrence Ross has to be on the move. Of course. You, 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 he, he's great, and he adds a level. Like he honestly well, he does one a lot thing really well. He's a bench scorer. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, and that's really it. And I think somebody, like, somebody has to go get Terrence Ross, whether it's a team like the Lakers who desperately be scoring or, you know, even the Nets. Like, yeah. even the Nets who need who, – really could use some extra scoring coming Need off more of that shooting bench. on the outside. 
Yeah, or the Bucks. The Bucks could definitely use scoring. Come on. So I think somebody has to go make a play for Terrence Ross. Well, that's the point, though. Offer... I mentioned it was an example. Wouldn't you agree mm-hmm. that a decent amount of Orlando's guys, not the young future, but a decent amount of the role guys should automatically be considered to be on the move? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I got to like the under. They might trade half the roster. Yeah, no, I, and I and I agree with that. I can't back the, I can't back the over. I don't know why they're getting juice. And yes, I was on Orlando early on in the season, but I can't like reasonably back this over right now just with that fact of, uh, I thought that one, I thought they'd get off to a better start than this. Yeah. Two, they're probably gonna like Terrence Ross is more than likely gonna be on the move, and then that's gonna that's gonna kill their scoring. Like that's going to kill their scoring off the bench. Yes, R.J. Hampton is a nice piece, but I think Hampton R. might be on the move too. Oh, if Hampton moves, that's no. They got to keep Hampton. I don't know if I they think, do because think about it. He's gotten so many minutes because Suggs has been out. That's true. That is true as well. So Suggs comes back. Yeah, that's something to think about. I didn't think about that. So yeah, it, it's very interesting. I'm still for the long term. I'm with the Magic. I think it's better days coming for them. I really do. I think that. In a couple years, they'll be sniffing the playoffs because I just like the pieces on this team. I like Cole Anthony, and if Cole Anthony's healthy for the going on forward in his career, I think that he's going to be, you know, he's going to make a play. Maybe not ever be one of the top guards in the NBA, but he's definitely going to make it a conversation. He'll he's be a steady starter at some point. Minimum, yes, absolutely, he'll be a steady starter. But I feel absolutely. like Orlando is a perfect testament to the issue you're running into with professional sports when it comes to just the complete imbalance between big market teams and small market teams because you're looking at Orlando and I know Milwaukee just won the championship. I haven't, I have a reason for that, but the point is, is that you're looking at Orlando and saying, well, the future might be bright. We don't know. And people might argue, well, the future is never bright because they're Orlando. And my argument is, what are they supposed to do? No free agent wants to go there. What are you supposed to do? So the point is, is you can make an argument. Well, Milwaukee found a way. The only way a small market team can win a championship is if you accidentally draft a top five player in the league, potentially top one player in the league. That's the only way you're going to win a championship with a small market team. And then if you have that piece, then maybe you can attract some other guys like a Drew Holiday who you actually ended up trading for. But the point is Middleton, they got very cheap and developed. Giannis is a freak of nature who got slept on by about 10 to 14 teams and Milwaukee hit the lottery. So unless you hit the lottery on a piece and you're a small market team, you're not going to attract free agents and you're really not Mm going to win anything. So I don't know what Orlando's supposed to do besides wait it out and hope the young guys turn into something. Yeah, absolutely. 100% with you there. 100% with you there. All right. Well, that goes for our breakdown of the Southeast Division. Uh, Let's just go ahead. Quick, quick pick. Um, I mean, I, I guess the heat, we have the heat to win the division. I don't think that we're really counting that discounting that. Um, I do think that Charlotte can, if the heat do not get healthy, I think that Charlotte can go win the division. So I'd be, I'll be looking to hop on some Charlotte futures possibly. I think I have the same order that I do now. The only one I potentially would flip would be Atlanta over Washington, but I feel like the rest of it's pretty set. I like Miami. I think they're the best team when healthy. Even arguably when they're not healthy, they're still really good. Charlotte, I got second. This team has a lot of firepower offensively. Washington, I think, will look worse in the second half, but I still can expect some consistency, maybe being a 500 team. Atlanta might be in free fall, and I really mm-hmm. am curious at some point if Atlanta just pulls the plug. I doubt it, 
But the yeah. fact that you have to think if that's a possibility tells you my current opinion on this team. I think it's just not in the cards. And then Orlando's I mean, in the moved, yeah, Orlando's in their own area. So they just moved Cam Reddish. And I mean they got a pretty sweet deal. A first round pick. Uh Kevin Knox isn't really anything, so they basically just got him for a first round. I don't pick. know what the protection is, but I'm assuming if the Knicks make the playoffs, they'll get the pick. Yeah, something like that. It's probably something top like fifteen lottery protected. Yeah, top or something. fifteen protected, something yeah. like that. So uh all right. Well, moving on, we're gonna take a quick break here from some sponsors, and then we're gonna get into the Thursday night breakdown. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. WinBet has some brand new bonuses. Bet $5 and win $400 in free bets. You can also win a VIP trip to Shaq's Fun House in LA. Bet $20 on WinBet's Build Your Own Bet feature. Enter the chance to win a once-in-a-lifetime experience for the big game. You and three guests will receive a VIP experience at Shaq's Fun House, two nights at Win Las Vegas, and a $5,000 free bet at a Win Las Vegas sportsbook and $5,000 in travel credit. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer, $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Bet big and win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. We are brought to you by PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. The NFL playoffs are finally here and prop swappers are cashing in. Like Steve from Tennessee, who last week sold his $250 100-1 Patriots Super Bowl ticket for $2,500 on PropSwap. Steve locked in his profit when he turned his $250 bet into $2,500. The buyer got great odds and the seller made 10 times his bet. PropSwap has thousands of buyers across the country, so you'll always find the best odds and collect the most money for your bets. Hurry and download the free PropSwap app today. PropSwap has fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the bet value, a free activity feed to stay in the know about all the big sales and red hot ticket sales, a loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash, and a first deposit cash match. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap will match your deposit up to $500. Join the real sports bettors on PropSwap where America buys and sells sports bets. And we're back. All right. Kicking off the Thursday slate, we have... Oh, this is going to be... Scott, this is going to be super hard for me because I didn't even think about this. Moonoff normally does this part, but I'm I'm nine hours ahead. So I'm sitting here looking at the time that this game kicks off, and it's 4.30 a.m., and I almost said 4.30 a.m., and I'm like, no, that is literally not majority of everybody else. (laughs) 7.30 p.m. somewhere else in the world. Yeah, so, all right, here we go. So kicking off 7.30 p.m., we have the Golden State Warriors traveling to visit the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, Line is at one and a half for the Milwaukee Bucks, 2.24 on the over-under. Which is, uh, I think the the line. I mean, the line and 
this just feels kind of off in general, even for the total, but the line minus one and a half, we were talking about it. The Bucks are favored missing a lot of pieces right now. I'm assuming Holiday's going to miss this game. Yeah, uh, and maybe that's what it is. Maybe they know something we don't know, and maybe he's actually in, but I'm not sure. Whereas Golden State, yes, they've kind of been reeling. I wouldn't even say reeling a little bit. Like there's, I mean, they just played the Grizzlies, who always play them tough. The Grizzlies just have their number. They also got that's run out by is. Dallas, so I feel like people are kind of reacting to their current performance. Okay, all right, they did get, but that was Dark Knight. That was Dark Knight. Yeah. I'm not going. Yeah, so, um. I am going to be on Golden State in this one. I think that – well, first, let me just go ahead and label out the auto bets here. So the auto bets for this game, for sure, Milwaukee first quarter because Golden State sucks on the road in the first quarter. Just absolute trash. One of the worst teams in the league. They do not get out fast in the first quarter at all. And in turn, going to take the third quarter for – the Warriors, because if this goes to game script that I expect it will, they'll probably be down going into halftime, if not a very close game, and they just come out electric in the third quarter. And so I'm shocked. I never... You're backing arguably the thir- the best third quarter team of all time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I said it was an auto bet. Yeah. said it was an auto bet. So there we go. Fade them in the first quarter. Take them in the third quarter. Uh, and so those are the two auto bets I have for this one. I'm not really – I'm I'm ready to see, you know, Clay, this is third game of Clay. I want to see what Clay looks like in this one. You know, he's getting another road game. If he even plays in this game, we don't know whether we know that it's gonna be a minutes restriction, but are they gonna beat him out at some point in, before the, this game tips off? Uh not sure. He they may just come out of nowhere and say, No, we're gonna rest Clay tonight. Uh nationally televised game, so maybe not. But this just feels like a spot that Golden State gets up for. They just played a really, really tough game against the Grizzlies where the Grizzlies always give them hell, like always. I do not fault Golden State at all for losing to the Grizzlies anymore because ever since, even before they played that playoff, uh, that play-in game, the Grizzlies always just played the Golden State Warriors tough. That's just what they do. And I can't ignore the bench for the Milwaukee Bucks. The bench for the Milwaukee Bucks is absolutely atrocious when it comes to scoring the basketball. They have some good defensive pieces there. They really do, but they they do not get any production out of that bench at all, and especially when they're shorthanded. Now I'm expecting guys that are normally 9, 10, 11 on the rotation to come in and provide and get actual offense going for them when their starters sit. So I, I haven't trusted Milwaukee's bench all season. I don't trust them, especially when players are out. And it's really hard for me to back them as a favorite against a team as like Golden State who can get a lot of really good production from their bench. I like Golden State in this matchup. I, people can talk about how the Warriors have struggled lately, and that is true. Milwaukee's lost four or five. So it's mm. not like they're playing much better. And you look at the teams that the Bucks have lost to. They lost to the Hornets twice. We like the Hornets, so we can excuse that because it's in Charlotte. They beat the Nets. Impressive win there. They killed them. Two games before that, you lost to Toronto at home and you lost to Detroit at home. That's not very good. You're looking at uh, Golden State. They lost to New Orleans. They benched half their players for that game. Uh, Lost against Dallas. We talked about that game before. Dirk Knight, they didn't play well. But the point is that if I'm going to use the argument against Golden State that the current form is in question – 
then I have to apply the same logic to Milwaukee because you can't lose four to five with a loss to Detroit thrown in there and expect me not to at least mention it. So I have to factor that in. I like Golden State. I think it's a nice bounce-back spot for this team. Now, Giannis, I do think, is practically unguardable by the entire league standards. I'm not sure if Kevon Looney's got a shot to stop him, but we'll see. I am looking at a potential player performance double if you want to take Milwaukee to win, I like Giannis 30-plus points and Milwaukee money line, and that pays out a plus 240. Once again, that's if you want a Milwaukee to win, because if they're going to win, Giannis is going to have to go nuts. That's how I see Absolutely. it, and he has a good chance of going nuts, but I do think you can bet on both of them to get a nice plus price. As for the actual game itself, I think it'll be very close throughout, but I do think that Golden State, will find a way to take advantage of Milwaukee's extremely depleted supporting cast. Because without Holiday, they're looking at the point guard situation. Even without George Hill, they really just don't have many guys. Yeah. Yeah, no. So, uh, and I didn't go through the injury report, but Golden State is going to be without Draymond again for this game. Uh, James Wiseman is still out for the Milwaukee Bucks. Brooke Lopez is still out. George Hill is in COVID protocols and Drew Holiday is doubtful with that ankle injury. So he it, it's looking like he's not going to go. Um, but who's the point guard? Right now, projected lineup has either Grayson Allen or you're going to use Giannis most likely at some type of yeah. point forward. I know they used yeah. Wes Matthews at point guard, I believe, last game. Chris, If you don't have so. any point guards that I can trust, then I'm assuming your mm-hmm. offense is just going to look extremely disorganized. Yeah, no, Chris Middleton handles the ball for them a lot, and yeah. he'll go and start running that offense. So I've been on Chris Middleton assist for the past couple – like while these guys have been out, I've been on Chris Middleton assist. Uh, and they've been cashing. They've been cashing. He's been going and getting a really high number. Giannis is doing the same thing. Giannis had a triple-double the other, the other night. And so uh, I think those, it's really those two guys are kind of handling the ball. So they're kind of just – I just feel like the Bucks have been playing these past few games, and I've been – backing them because of it like they've just been leaning on their starters they've just been leaning on the mm-hmm. starters to say hey i need our stars to get us through this and when you say starters and you I mean basically think... two guys that you trust on the entire team and bobby portis bobby portis has yeah. been playing okay yeah that's true portis has been good yeah. i like Connaughton. Yeah. i think he's a pretty good supporting guy yeah but, but outside of that no is yeah. they've been leaning on just they've been leaning on really uh Giannis and chris milton so um last play for this game same thing i talk about it all the time when i talk about the warriors especially when they're on the wor- on the road Milwaukee Bucks win the first quarter. Warriors win the game, plus 450. I play that all the, that combination all the time with the Warriors on the road. I just assume that they're going to win the game, but they always lose that first quarter, and it always ends up juicing and getting me a nice odd. So I'll throw that back out there t- for this game. I'm actually looking for a prop really quickly, but to just mention something in the meanwhile, you mentioned Milwaukee first quarter. I don't mind Milwaukee first half. I do think with the crowd involved, they should play pretty well to start. Of course, Golden State's a team that'll kind of rope it up you a little bit where you end up falling behind early and then you just absolutely clock them in about the fifth round and then it all goes downhill Mm -hmm. from there. But I am trying to find what the odds are on on the halftime full-time bet if I can get Milwaukee to be winning at halftime and the... Uh, Warriors to win the game. I'm trying to see what that price is, but let me see uh, if I can find it. I think um, I can. I think I can make one. I'll do the SGP and I'll just make one. Okay. All right. So we got. Golden I State found it winning. right here. Uh, Milwaukee to be leading at halftime and Golden State to win the game is plus six seventy five. Sure. Oh yeah. Hell sure. yeah. yeah. Give me that. I love that. I love that. 
All right, moving on to the next game. We have the Minnesota Timberwolves going to uh, visit the Memphis Grizzlies. Minus four for the Grizzlies, 231 on the total. And so, Scott, I want to get your take on this before we get to the game. I, we, we did a bold prediction for 2022, me and Munaf, and my bold prediction was that the Memphis Grizzlies would make the Western Conference Finals. I thought that if, if they got the right seeding and they played the right teams, they could make the Western Conference Finals. And then I doubled down on that last podcast, and I said that I think the Memphis Grizzlies, whether record aside, are probably the best team in the Western Conference right now because of how they show up when they play the other good teams in the Western Conference. They play Golden State tough. They have a win over Phoenix, and they play Phoenix really, really tough. Uh, and then the Lakers, they always give the Lakers a game, and they've been beating the Lakers' ass recently. And so I don't think it's outside the realm possibility. So I'll you- address both of them separately. For the Western Conference Finals, I think they got a shot. Now, am I picking them to win a seven-game series against either Phoenix or Golden State? No. I wouldn't pick mm-hmm. them to win a seven-game series, but I do think it would go six or seven. I don't think yes. they're getting run out of the gym. I think that they can keep it close. The issue that I have with Memphis, which you, I guess you can make an argument with some of the other elite teams, if Ja gets injured again or yeah. even just has a bad night, they're basically screwed, right? But they went 10-2 and two without Ja. No, I, I know they did. I know they did. Yeah. But I'm saying in a yeah. playoff series. Oh, in a playoff series, yeah, yeah. Then that's, they're kind of screwed. Blowing. Yeah, that's so the gonna team's going to go as far as Jaw's going to carry them. That's at least how I'm looking at it from a playoff perspective. So Absolutely. We know his injury history is a bit of a concern, but you can't really tell him to stop playing like a lunatic because that's his style, and that's why we love watching him play. It's like yeah. watching prime Derrick Rose all over again. So, I, of Absolutely. course, I enjoy watching him do what he does, but I have to acknowledge the injury history. But I am also wondering about the lack of playoff experience because last year they lost in what, five games to Utah? Yeah. Yeah, they won the first game and they lost the next four. So I am wondering if this team is fully ready, either mentally or even physically, to handle the extra, let's just say, 21 games. You mentioned Western Conference Finals, let's say 14 games. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to be physically ready to handle that extra basketball for about a month and change. I think that's the concern when you have a young team that has not been there before. As for the actual Western Conference teams, I think they're firmly the third-best team in the West. I think Golden State, when healthy, is probably one. I think Mm -hmm. Phoenix is two, but I think Memphis Mm -hmm. is three, but I'd say two and a half because I think they're really close. Yeah. So I don't think your statement is that far-fetched. I do think that – sorry, Mm -hmm. I do think that things can break for them matchup-wise where if – the Lakers, for example, just a random team, upsets the Suns. I mm-hmm. would pick Memphis in a playoff series over the Lakers. I, I would. would. So I, I do would. think they got a shot. Best team in the West, based on current form, they've won 10 in a row. But in an actual series, I'm not picking them against Phoenix, and I'm not picking mm-hmm. them against the Warriors, but I am picking over five and a half games. Yeah, absolutely. 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 I, I think my thing was I just feel like Cause I and I told him I said I'm I'm 100 positive they're top three. I yeah. can make a case for them to be top two. And if somebody told me that they thought they were top one, I wouldn't disagree with them at all. 
I'd actually agree with that statement because I just seen I've seen them play these teams. Now they did get run out of the gym by the Suns earlier in the season, and that's where series and playoff matchups because mm-hmm. it takes a very veteran team to come down down two zero. You you go and play somebody on the road and you lose those first two games. It takes a veteran team to come back from that. So especially against a Chris uh, Paul veteran led team, that's not exactly easy. absolutely. Yeah, definitely not. So all right, let's talk about this game tonight. They're laying four points against the Minnesota Timberwolves. What you doing with this one? Well. People keep talking about how good Memphis has been because they should. Memphis has been the hottest team in the league. I got to give a shout out to Minnesota, though. I know they're one game under, but they've been pretty good. They lost to the Pelicans in their last game. Brandon Ingram had that big three late. My favorite play on this game is the total. I love the over. I feel like I have mm-hmm. to like the over in this spot. You're looking at Minnesota. Each of the last three games they've played have had at least 240 points. And we know that Memphis can score a lot. Jop likes to play up tempo, he likes to get downhill. Minnesota loves to play up-tempo. In fact, they're awful in the half court. They kind of have to play up-tempo. <laughs> yeah. But I do think you'll see a lot of points in this game. 230.5 might seem a little bit high at first glance. It's not. They've played two games this season. First game at 243. Second game had – sorry, had a – yeah, 243. Second game had 233. Give me the over. For a side, I can't go against Memphis. I think they're too good, and Minnesota still has a losing record on the road. But you're going to give me a total of 230.5 flat with these two teams playing. I got to take the over. Yeah, I'm on the over. I'm on Memphis on the road in plus four. Yeah. I'll take the points. You, you, wait, you mean Minnesota plus four? Minnesota, yeah, Minnesota. Okay. My bad. I'm yeah. on Minnesota plus four. This line does seem a little bit shadily short. Yeah, and... Maybe it's because Dylan Brooks is out for this, you know, this point in time, and we know they've won ten without he, him anyway. Yeah, I know. So, and but he, you know, he brings the defense. Like he brings the defensive intensity to that team. He really does. But I and I have this thing this season of when I get D'Lo, when I get Carl Anthony Towns, and I get Ant Man, all three of them in the starting lineup. It is super hard for me to fade that against anybody because they just get. They get consistent production. Yeah, they get buckets, and they get consistent production from everybody else. Malik Beasley, all these other guys, they get consistent production from those guys. If those three go off, they can beat anybody in the league, and I firmly believe that. If those three are on, they can beat anybody in the league. Those guys are that good, and they are a – you know, everybody used to throw out big three out here, big three here, big three here. No, this is a very, really solid three right here. This is a very, really solid three. They have something really, really good that they can build on. And so I expect Anthony Edwards to have a really good game. I just don't think that they have anybody that matches up well enough to keep up with him. I think that Steven Adams, if he plays, he's questionable with the, in the COVID protocol right now if he's going to go. But I don't, I don't think he keeps up with Carl Anthony Towns. I don't think anybody on the other side can keep up with anybody in Memphis, but I just expect for the motor – of Minnesota and how they play on the road and how fast they are, how much they get out, and they just keep running and running and running. I think that that's going to keep going the whole game. So give me Minnesota to keep it close, and I might like a money line play on them. I think that they can they can upset Memphis. And this is one of the things that I talked about with Memphis. Memphis gets up for the, the good Western Conference teams. They get up for the good Western Conference team. They, they have great games against the good Western Conference teams. It's the bad ones. It's the ones that nobody cares about. Nobody cares about Memphis. I mean, Minnesota coming to town. Nobody cares about them. 
those are the teams that they just kind of sleep on. They just kind of let them go out there and do whatever. So I definitely think Memphis could be caught sleeping here, especially after a big win against Golden State. Yeah, when you play the Clippers, the Clippers aren't great, but still, you're in the, you're in the crypto.com center now. Uh, then you play the <laughs> Lakers the game after, and then you play the Warriors. It is a pretty solid letdown spot when you beat the Warriors and the Lakers pretty soundly. The mm. Warriors game was close. They blew it open late. They were yep. kind of in control throughout the majority of that game. So I do think that if you are expecting a letdown spot, this does have a lot of, let's just say, symptoms of a letdown spot. Absolutely. All right, moving on to the next game. We have the Los Angeles Clippers going to traveling to the uh, New Orleans to play the New Orleans Pelicans, three and a half, uh, minus three and a half for the Pelicans, two fourteen and a half on the win total. Clippers have to uh, block up, right? No. Supporting what? cast? No. You think Wait, they you said what? the supporting cast that they have? Oh, no, blow it up. I thought you said blow them out. No, blow oh, it up. No, no. I'm saying no, blow it oh, up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. They absolutely got to blow it up. They, they, they just got to. Gave me a look like what? I'm like, no, like quiet. No, because I really thought you said out. Like Paul George is out for the year, probably. Like they should probably blow the whole thing up. No, I was going to be so interested in this conversation if you if you were about to back the Clippers to have a really really good. Of course not. The Pelicans. All right, but either way, (laughs) yeah, no, definitely Paul George. If Paul George is out for the rest of the year, more than likely Kawhi is not going to come back at all. And just, just that's it. Tank the rest of the season. And Morris Trace is good. Guys, get some, you, might, you might get a first-round pick for him. That's what I'm saying. They need to go get some draft capital. They traded all their draft capital for Kawhi. I mean, not for Kawhi, but for Paul George. They got rid of everything for Paul George. They cleared the house for Paul George. And they, they traded capital for Marcus Morris. So it would be only right for you to go back and get a first-round pick for him back. I would blow it up, and I would start fresh. You, and when you start with a fresh team and you still have you have a healthy Kawhi Leonard and you have a healthy Paul George, you're looking pretty good already. So, um, injury report for the Pelicans pretty clean. Uh, Zion still not back. Don't know I don't think he's going to play this season. But that's a separate story. Oh, all right, interesting. I don't know what the um, point is. You're looking at the standings. What's New Orleans going to be? What 15 games out by the time he's potentially ready to he return? Can't miss a, he can't miss a whole like. He, at this point, he's played half a season, maybe. A he season, played a decent a, amount last one season. season. But, but so how many, we, but how many it, setbacks can you have? Yeah, that is, that is true. And it's just – I don't know if it's that they're being overly cautious with him or he's really having these setbacks. But it's, it's, it's very confusing to me. It's very, very confusing because I'm like, okay, are you being, like, super cautious with this guy because you know he's your franchise and he cannot go wrong? There's a lot of things that can go wrong for the Pelicans. Zion mm-hmm. cannot go wrong. But at some point, you just got to let him go play. Like, if he gets hurt, then he gets hurt. And you got to uh, take that Greg Oden and just eat that. Like, yeah. You, there's, no you point in bon- there's no point in getting a brand new fancy Ferrari if you're never going to drive the thing. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you buy a car, you put miles on it. That, that's what I hate. People come up to me and be like, dang, you drive so much. Like, you do all the Like, you buy a car to what's put it, miles what's on it. What's it for? Yeah, what I'm going to do, just look at it. I'm not about to sit no Nissan Maxima in my car, in my garage, and just look at it like, ooh, look at that nice Nissan Maxima. Hey, you know the thing only got 2,500 miles on it. <laughs> Brand new car. No. So, all right, moving on. Uh, the injury report for the Clippers, I see. They're missing like everybody. Paul George. Besides yeah, Morris and Jackson. That's pretty much it. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Justice Winslow ruled out. Uh, well, he was ruled out Tuesday. I don't know what he's doing today. But uh, Justice Winslow and uh, Luke Kennard, COVID protocols, 
they're out. Those are the two names that are really, really sticking out here. Um, I got to take New Orleans, right? I mean, I don't even like New Orleans, but I kind of, I don't, I can't like the Clippers here. It's just a spot where New Orleans actually won a game last time they played. Crazy stuff. They finally (laughs) won something. But I'm looking at the Clippers won too, though. The Clippers did win. They had the very nice comeback win against Denver, but they are a better home team than on the road. That yep. Denver team, if, if we ever end up covering that division, we got, we got to have a long talk about Denver. But looking at, oh, We'll talk about them later. We'll talk about them yeah, later. We can. We'll save but it for later. New Orleans is a team that at home has actually been playing decently lately. Beat Golden State, beat Minnesota. I know Golden State was missing a decent amount of guys. But I don't think the Clippers really have anybody that can guard Brandon Ingram. And yep. you're looking at how this team is constructed. They are constructed as if they already have one to two elite wings on the roster because they do. Yeah. They have Paul George and Kwai. But when both of them are out, the supporting cast is basically useless because you have Morris, who suddenly needs to take about 20 shots a game, which is crazy, <laughs> but they kind of need him to do it. Reggie Jackson's been hit or miss. But besides those two guys, you're playing uh, Coffee, who I actually don't mind. But when he's playing 40 minutes against Denver, that tells you the current state of the roster. New Orleans is actually healthy, so I hope yeah. for their sake they can actually win a game. Three and a half just seems too low for a healthy team or a healthy-ish team with the best player on the floor against a team that's missing about half its guys. Absolutely. I mean, Jonas Valanciunas, we expect him to do work and get on the boards. I don't think that Zubak can really do too much against him to slow him down from getting his usual production of rebounds. And then you have guys like Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Devontae Graham, Josh Hart, and uh, Herbert Jones that's, you know, coming over from Alabama playing Good really, defensive really well for them. Yeah, Good defensive great player. defensively. Great defensively, and he's veteran. He was at Alabama for a while. And so mm-hmm. – uh, and then Brandon Ingram is exactly who we thought, thought he was. He is 100% who we thought he was. He is the scorer that he can be. There is, a, there is another level that we would like to see him reach – but Brandon Ingram at this level is really, really good at basketball and is one of, in my opinion, one of the unguardable players in the league that he can go up and get his – when he's on, he is on, and there's nobody that's going to stop him. It doesn't well, matter playing, how good you playing are. Well, playing style, you can make an argument. I'm not equating the two because one's obviously better than the other. He's Kevin Durant yeah. light. That's yeah, kind of what he models his game absolutely. after. And absolutely. I, I do and think so, that when you're seven feet tall and you can shoot from the outside and handle – most guys can't guard you. <laughs> so yeah, a bunch of guys can't guard you. So yeah, that's a hundred percent when I'm that's a hundred percent where I'm at in this game. Um this is locked territory for me. I don't understand. I think this should, numbers should be larger, but I think any larger and people are just gonna hammer the clippers. But I can see the the Pelicans running away with this game. This is way too short for them, especially with this depleted Clippers roster. Coming off of a an emotional uh, comeback win against the Denver Nuggets. Like, I, I can't think of a better angle for them. So, yep, I'm on the three and a half. Any thoughts on the total for you? It's really tough to take an over with the Clippers. But it's also tough to take an, tough to take an under with the Pelicans. So, you're kind of caught in the middle. I'm going to go under yeah. just because yeah. the Clippers, if they go up-tempo, they're going to get killed because they mm-hmm. just don't have the scoring. And New Orleans really likes to go up-tempo with Ingram and company. The Clippers' game plan should really be to slow the game into the half court because that's where their offense is at their best. I like the under. I think the Clippers will try to control pace. So I think you'll see a lot of really long half court possessions that might not generate many points. So I like the under. 
Absolutely. I'm the same thing as you. All right. Moving on to the next game, we have the Oklahoma City Thunder visiting the Brooklyn Nets coming off a back-to-back in an absolute routing of the first-place Chicago Bulls, where in that second half, they completely took that game. Not even just the second half. In the the end of the third quarter, the fourth quarter, they took that game over. It was, what, 39-19 in the third quarter? Something like that. It was ridiculous. They had they they killed them. And for the Bulls, who actually played better in the second half a little bit, uh, very shocking. But it was a win that the Brooklyn Nets needed because they lost to the Portland Trailblazers right before that on the road. Uh, they lost to the Milwaukee Bucks at home. They let the Spurs hang around at home. And so the Brooklyn the Brooklyn Nets are getting seven points here, two nineteen for the total. Why Brooklyn has been one of the they have been one of the worst home teams this season, like astronomically bad. They have been one of the worst home teams this season. I'm gonna pull up the numbers just to throw some numbers out there, but ATS absolutely terrible at home. I do not know. Maybe it's because Kyrie can't play. I doubt that's the reason because they still have a pretty decent team. I don't actually think Brooklyn is as good as people. I don't think their team is as stacked as people like them to make. Like as, as a Nets be. fan, they're, they're not. The supporting cast is awful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't, I don't like that at all, but what makes hard to back with all that being said, what makes it hard to back the thunder in this spot is that they can't score the basketball. Yeah. They just can't fucking score. They cannot put points up. So, I mean, maybe the under is the best way to go in this one. But what say you? You're getting seven points. Brooklyn Nets. Uh, hold on. Let me get their, them at home real quick because I have it right here. At home this season, the Brooklyn Nets are the worst, play, worst team in the league. 4-16-1 ATS. 4-16-1. And then we have the OKC Thunder. On Hang the around on the road. It's, yeah, they do. They really, really do. They're fourth best in the NBA, uh, twelve and seven. I mean, it kind of seems it kind of sounds easy, but you got to factor in the the fact that no matter what happens, if it's not SGA, OKC cannot score the basketball. It's definitely true, but the one angle that I could think of for why this line is so low is because post game for the Bulls matchup yesterday, Coach Steve Nash. Did not say that Durant was not going to play today, but he also Mm -hmm. didn't say that Durant was going to play today. So I do think there's a good chance after beating Chicago so soundly and giving everybody reassurance that when push comes to shove, we got this. I feel like that was what yesterday was. It was a way of telling kind of the world, like, I know we've been struggling, but if you pick against us in a seven-game series, you're out of your damn mind. I feel like that was kind of the message that was sent yesterday. So now you play the Thunder. Who cares? Uh, realistically, I don't think Durant's going to play. I think Harden might play, might not play. I know he was battling a knee issue going into yep. yesterday's game. Had 20-something, 16-7. and seven. He was absolutely insane. I do think the Nets will be resting some guys. But I'm going to go with the points here because the Nets have been so bad at home. I think it's a very good letdown spot as well when you beat the one seed in the East by about 50. And now you yeah. return home for a an immediate recovery. You've played basically three games in four nights because you had the makeup game against Portland. So I expect the team to be gassed. I'm going to take the thunder here. I can't take an under 
because the Nets defensively are one of the worst defenses in the league, and they've allowed at least 110 points in each of the last 10 games. They can't stop mm-hmm. anybody. So I'm looking at Oklahoma City's team total. It's at 105 and a half. That's, I, but that's, that sounds like a lot. That, for what they're doing right now, that sounds like so but, many. But hear me out. Earlier this week on my uh, YouTube show, I gave out as my best bet the Trailblazers team total over <laughs> 108 and a half on the sole principle that any team that faces the Nets has to have a win total in the 110s. Yeah, They just okay. have to. They can't stop anybody. The Nets play at so much pace and they don't guard anyone. Just based on the amount of possessions that should be had in this game, 105 and a half is too low. I got to take the team total over. Because the Nets just hand out one ten like it's candy. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with that, and ultimately that's why I'm gonna be on the plus seven for the OKC Thunder. Uh, if you follow the show, I love getting the Thunder as dogs because they're they're always overrated. Like they won't. Always, win. I mean, underrated. They're always underrated. They don't win games, but they'll fight. Yeah, absolutely, and so. They've been, a, they've been a really good bet to me as dogs, and if they don't get that win, nine times out of ten, they kind of get that cover. They're one of the best covering teams in the NBA still, even though this poor, terrible, disgusting scoring st- slump that they're going through, and it's not even a slump. They just can't score. They don't they have scored 118 against Washington, though. Yeah, and I mean, that's, that is a somewhat of a guiding light, but looking at times before that, is they've just been struggling. Like they, They've really been struggling, yes, and so – I don't know what I'm going to get from Lou Dort on the road. He has maybe one of the largest point differentials between home and road that I've seen. And I think he's like four points worse on the road mm-hmm. at any given span. So, uh, but that's also one of my favorite players. And it's really hard to fade. It's really hard for me to fade him because I know that he can get hot. He can get going at any point in time. SGA is going to do SGA things. Josh Giddy is really fucking good. Sam Presti has done it again. Sam Presti has done it again. Josh Giddy is really, really good. He needs to bulk up. And he can't guard anybody, but he's got a lot of offense. Yeah, talent. he can't. Yeah, he and just makes the right decisions. Mm-hmm. Like, just makes the right decisions with the ball. And for such a young player, I really appreciate that. And so I think he's going to, like, I think this OKC team is really going to be on the rise very, very soon. They just need a star. They just need a star. And it, and it seems like they're going to have to homegrown grow one again uh, instead of, trying to acquire one, they're going to have to homegrown one again. Well, they have 40 draft picks, so they, they could acquire one if they want to. Yeah, maybe. They, they could. They actually could. So, uh, I'm on OKC here. I, I just can't back. I can't back. that four sixteen and one is just a trend that I can't back. I, yeah. I, I would rather take my chances and just fade them at home for the rest of the season and end up making money. So, with that, OKC – Plus seven. That's that's what we're on. Uh, you're on the over. I'm undecided, honestly. I can't I, take it under with the Nets. I, I just can't. Yeah, do it. I guess I can't. It's really good. They've been really bad recently. The they over, I feel like, has to be the move because even if Oklahoma City scores, let's just say 98, right? Something yeah. that they're usually getting. Are we sure the Nets don't just potentially score 120 plus points? Yeah, it's I mean, really tough not, to take it under when one team can do most of the heavy and, lifting. If Durant and Harden play, play, they still can they can do that. So, yeah. absolutely. So. All right, moving on to the last game of the slate. We have the Portland Trail Blazers going on the road to the Mile High City to go play the Denver Nuggets. Explain this have, one to me. Explain oh, it. yeah. <laughs> we have minus 10 for the Denver Nuggets. 
Two eleven and a half on the win on the over under. I can't, Scott. I I have been I have told this podcast, I have told the Slack channel, I've said that Portland is an auto fade for me. I cannot back Portland. I will not back Portland. I will take any team against Portland. I don't think I could take this different Nuggets team laying 10 points against Portland. With how bad they are in the second half of games, and Moonoff has talked about this for two podcasts straight, that Denver point differential between what they do in the first half and what they do in the second half is the largest in the NBA. They absolutely suck in the second half of games. They will let anybody come back, and that is indicative by the 25-point lead that they gave up to the Clippers in the second half that they had of that game last time they're out. Portland has nobody. Portland does not have their two top players. I, I just cannot. I can't lay 10. I can't lay 10 with the Denver Nuggets knowing – a first half play on the Nuggets, sure, all over that. Lock it up. Good with that. I cannot take them laying 10 for the duration of this game. W- Portland has been playing better basketball of late. They have been getting really good production from Anthony Simons, uh, who uh, might be playing in this one, might be out. I'm gonna get I see him being ruled as out. And maybe, maybe that's the reason why this number is 10, just because of all the injuries that Portland has. But what's to say that? Denver doesn't come and put up a, a 30, 40 point second half. I guess the only thing stopping would be Portland's defense. But once again, Simons has been their best player since Lillard and McCollum went out. He's not playing. Norman Powell's out. You're missing Larry Nance. I'm not a Nance guy at all. I don't think he's very good, but he, at least he's a body down there. Nurkic yeah. is back, though. But you're looking at who's going to have to, I'd say, improve the level of play. Dennis Smith is still in the league somehow. I don't really know how he's still in the league, but former top 10 pick, I don't care. He's tried on several teams. He hasn't been any good. Maglamore killed the Nets in the last game. He was fantastic. Nasir Little's been good this year. I got to take the points blindly just because Mm -hmm. Denver has struggled to really win by double digits against anybody. Ten and a half just seems like a boatload to me. So I'm going to take the points. But I'm going to hedge it a little bit. I like the under because I think there's a good chance that either A, Denver doesn't score many points because they don't in the second half and they play slow, or B, Portland has nobody who can score and they are run out of the gym. But I do think that you'll see a lower scoring game because I don't really trust either offense in the spot. Absolutely. Especially without Anthony Simons, I – yeah. Mm, Nazir Little has been playing good basketball this year. I, I would take his over in props because Little's going to have to shoot a bunch, take the Macklemore three prop as well because the one thing yeah. about Simons, we know that he's got a lot of talent. He takes a lot of shots. Suddenly those shots are available for the taking. So I expect mm-hmm. to see a bunch of three-point attempts by either Little or Macklemore. If you want to go for some long shots. as well. I think Covington will be a, a Covington nice. too. If you want to take some long shots on three plus threes, four plus threes, something like that. I do yeah. think you'll get the volume. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I just – I can't it, – it, it, like you said, it just makes it so hard. I don't – I really don't know who is it against. And maybe the, I will get burned for this for breaking my auto-fade of Portland rule. But I'm going to take Portland because the, they've just been so bad in that second half. Mm-hmm. So astronomically bad that they could be up 20 points at halftime 
and I could still I will still think that we have a chance at this ten and a half. I will think we have a pretty solid chance at ten and a half. It be, with them only being ten points away at halftime. So, uh, I'm gonna take it. I'm I'm gonna take ten and a half with Portland. I think that they're going to not be in the game, but they're not gonna be out of it. I don't think they'll be in it, but I don't think they'll be out of it. All right, Scott, let's take one final break, and then let's get into our lock and our dog for this slate. Be right back. The fantasy season may be over, but the action is still coming to the Better Fantasy app. Download their free-to-play app today to bet on player props for the NFL playoffs. You can also enter the player prop pools and score big when you win. We love Better Fantasy because we can win awesome prizes and even raise some money for charity along the way, too. It's totally free to play. You'll earn better credits by completing challenges and using them to place your bets. Better Fantasy is available worldwide in all 50 states. Download the app today over at betterfantasy.com SGPN. That's betterfantasy.com SGPN. Since when did sports betting become so rigid? Sports betting is meant to be social. When I picture betting, I picture bootleggers with mustaches, tossing bets around a speakeasy. SoBet is taking the social lineage of betting and putting a modern twist on it by providing a modern platform. SoBet is changing the game with their new product. Head over to SoBet.io and create accounts to see yourself. Through their fully functioning and free web application, you can access a demo of their app which will launch next fall. The app includes consensus lines from Vegas, a feed of what other people are betting on, and the ability to send friendly wagers to anyone you know via text, QR codes, and links among other methods. No money is transacted on the app and is purely competitive. Next time you're with your friends watching sports, turn the dial up a notch, go to SoBet.io and see who can hit the most ridiculous bets. Users have the ability to place bets off of Vegas odds or generate a bet by changing any metric they want as long as somebody is on the other side to accept. Let's get back to the roots of sports betting with SoBet. Go to SoBet.io slash SGPN. That's SoBet.io slash SGPN today to join the revolution. We are also brought to you by the SGPN app. The SGPN app is now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you easy access to all our picks and podcasts. Don't forget to toss us an app review and download the SGPN app today. All right, and we are back. Lock and dog time. Um, Scott, I'm going to let you go first because, as everybody knows, I never have this stuff ready when it comes for lock and dog, so I have to figure it out on the spot. But – it always works for me. So I'll let you go first. What's your lock for the night? So I'm going to go with a total on this one. My lock's going to be the over in the Timberwolves and Grizzlies game at around 230, 230 and a half. Based on how the offense have played over the last couple of games and even just conceptually how they played against each other, I got to take the over. You're looking at the situation at hand, which is that both teams have a ton of weapons. We talked about how good Morant's been, how good Jackson's been. On the other hand, you have Minnesota. D'Angelo Russell's been really good. Edwards has been good. Towns has been good. We mentioned all the weapons. The issue is we didn't exactly mention during our breakdown how either team is going to stop the other team from scoring. We just mentioned how both those teams were going to score. But both of them have a lot of weapons. Minnesota ranks number one in pace. So we know that as a young team, they love to go up and down the court. And Memphis doesn't shy away from pace either with Ja. But when both matchups have 
Matt, have games either in the 230s or 240s. One team ranks number one in pace, and the other team ranks number six in pace. I expect an absolute track meet to break out. Give me the yeah. over 230 and a half. All right. Over 230 and a half. For your dog. So, for the dog, it's a really tough one because I want to make an argument for Oklahoma City because I think the Nets might bench half their players. So, I do think if you want to beat a line move, you might want to look for Oklahoma okay. City there. But I'm going to go with the first game we talked about. It's a cop-out because they're only one-and-a-half-point dogs. <laughs> but I'm taking, we'll Golden, I'm taking Golden State because I do think that Milwaukee, even though they're the home team for this game, they've not played well. And when you're going to be laying this number, when you're missing Drew Holiday, you're missing George Hill, you're using basically a makeshift point guard in Grayson Allen or maybe a Wesley Matthews, I do think Golden State, after losing to Memphis, is in a pretty nice get-right spot here where I do think they will come out motivated for this game. I do think that you'll see Milwaukee get off to a hot start. So I do think Milwaukee first half might be a move, but I already mentioned the prop before. Milwaukee to win the first half and Golden State to win the second half around plus 675. Uh Sure. I I mean, I feel like you kind of have to play that, but give me Golden State on the money line. I think after they fell short against Memphis, I think they'll bounce back well. Give me the Warriors. All right, still plus money at plus 102 I'm seeing right now, so we're all good there. Technicality, still counts. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, for me, for my lock, talked about it earlier, Pelicans, minus three and a half. This line should really be bigger, but it's because it's the Pelicans, we're not going to lay over that. Like, it's the Pelicans. We're not going to lay over that. But I'm, I'll happily take three and a half against this Clippers squad. It just came from down 25 to the – first of all, they shouldn't have been down 25 to the Nuggets. Then they came back from down 25 and won the game. I'm absolutely fading at on the road in New Orleans. Uh, I like how this Clippers team plays. I'm not Clippers, but this Pelicans team plays at home. They play a lot better at home. I think Brandon Ingram is going to give them a hell of a game. So I'm all over the Pelicans in this one. Minus three and a half. That's my lot. For my dog, give me Minnesota plus 140. Talked about it earlier. I do, like we said, we do think this is going to be a trap meet. We think there's going to be points scored, but. I'm getting D'Lo, I'm getting Ant-Man, and I'm getting Cat, and it's really hard for me to fade that against a lot of teams in the league. I think that those guys are going to carry the scoring. All of them are going to have a, a pretty good scoring output today. I think Ant-Man is going to lead the way. Uh, I like a point, a prop on his threes. He just takes an insane volume of threes, and I think that he can he can be streaky and catch fire against a Memphis Grizzlies team that is, you know, bottom third in the league against guarding the three-point shot. So, Give me Minnesota on the money line to get it done against Memphis. They do not get up for, you know, some of these lower-ranked teams in the Western Conference. They're more focused on the upper-ranked guys. This feels like a letdown spot for them, so I'll take it. Cool. All right, Scott. Episode one of us in the books. It's gonna, hey, it's gonna be a fun season, y'all. It's gonna be a long ass show when we have like five games on the card and we still push it to about. An hour and 40. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I promise you, we'll find a way to get it done. We both can talk. So, all right, Scott, tell them people where, you, where they can find you. So, you can find me on Twitter at Reichel Radio, R-E-I-C-H-E-L Radio. Besides that, I was doing a bunch of fantasy football stuff for the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Season's over, so hopefully you won your league. But I'm looking forward to being on this show with you, occasionally making some appearances on the PropCast as well. 
but just happy to be I don't, just going through the motions with sports. You got NFL playoffs coming up. Exciting time for sports fans, and I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you guys, you know where you can find me at really real underscore underscore Instagram and Twitter. Not going to keep beating that down your throats. Uh, hey, download the SGPN at sg.pn slash app. Hop in the Slack channel, sg.pn slash Slack. We have a good time over there. Uh, hey, look, Villain Rail is on a terror right now. You see that you talked about the Pistons bet. I, yeah. hey, I took my victory lap last episode. I'm still on a victory lap. That Pistons bet was a hell of a call. You can it take the season of off on, the, on a belt like that. Hey, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, I'm ready to bounce back. I'm ready to cash another dog. I really like Minnesota tonight. That's actually possibly one of my favorite plays tonight. So uh, let's get into it. Hey, how does Moonaw say it? Break the bet saw? That's Moonaw thing. I can't do that. Can't let's break the bet off and let it ride. Yeah, man, I gotta find something else. I gotta find. I don't get a chance to be in this seat often, and so now I gotta kill it when I'm in here on Thursdays. But all right, appreciate y'all for listening in NBA Gambling Podcast, and we're out. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm gonna.